coming to you pre-recorded in multiple locations. Ten motherfucking episodes, bitch! We're your hosts, Andrew and Nathan. This is hella rad. Nathan, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Well, you know how, how I'm doing. Uh, we hit double digits. So, uh, yeah, boy. Yeah, pretty good. And, um, you know, drinking some of that Kessler. I, I'm not super exciting on uh, the drinks, but it gets the job done. That's for damn sure. I know what I like, and what I like is Kessler. What do you What do you been drinking here? Uh, I have got a big supply of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in my fridge, so I have just been going through that for the last uh, week or two. So, still drinking that. Total classic. Classic. Classic move. Uh, so today's non-sponsors are uh, disposable plastic plates because they're not fucking disposable. I mean, it's not. It's just going in a landfill. It's not going anywhere. I just don't understand. Like you could use just use fucking paper plates if you want to be lazy. At least those go away. And if you're gonna complain, like, oh, they get all soggy and and floppy, just use fucking two of them. Problem solved. Yeah, I, it's really just kind of like on a technicality, right? That they're uh, disposable. Like, you know, technically in the same sense that my <laughs> cell phone is disposable. I can throw it away. You can throw away metal forks and fucking uh, ceramic plates, too. Uh, they're, you know, like they're, you could say they're disposable, but yeah. Yeah, are they really? <laughs> <laughs> Hence the reason. They're not a sponsor and never will be. You got any non-sponsors for us? Yeah, um, mine's a little more specific in it in that it's a new show apparently coming out. I, I maybe it's already out premiered, but uh, I saw them advertising it and it was really uh painful to watch. It, it's called New Amsterdam. Looks like one of those um shitty ass medical dramas where the doctor doesn't play by the rules, you know. That kind of bullshit. And he's like, uh, we can change the establishment. We are the establishment or, or some stupid bullshit like that. So I love that kind of rhetoric and I'm glad that it's uh, it's on TV. Ah, just kidding. Fuck them. And would never have them as a sponsor. Like the title makes no sense there. Like elite, like I was about to say like, well, house didn't make sense either for like a medical drama, but it was his fucking name. Like New Amsterdam. The doctor's name is not New Amsterdam. At least to my knowledge, so it's like fucking uh like you'd name your show like BMX Fever or something, and then it's about like fucking Hitler in World War uh two or something. Just like has no relation at all. Yeah, it's uh I don't know what they were thinking. I I guess they really thought maybe it doesn't matter what the title is because it's this one of those formulas that'll guarantee like six seasons. They're just like, oh, it's a doctor drama, and he, he's a he's quirky, and uh, or he he's like a different kind of doctor, and uh, oh, you you better believe that something something wacky is gonna happen, and when they get down uh, get down to it, the season finale, oh, who, you'll never expect who came through the door for the ER. It was is it a relative of somebody? It's like crime dramas. Fucking, you have to have at least six of them uh, spread across all the networks, like running at any given time. Like they had three CSIs at once, I think, which seems crazy. Yeah, they <laughs> not only did they double down, but they invented the triple down on the CSI. Oh shit! 
All right, so uh, today's show, um, we're going to be covering a new t- uh, topic uh, called Hella Bad Music. We're going to do another Hella Fancy for you. Uh, we're going to go through that um, who, what, where, when, why, and Howie Mandel with Kevin Klein, And then last but not least, we're going to give you another amazing Fabergé egg update. But before we get into any of that, um, we wanted to start the show with uh, things you wish existed already. One of our favorite topics. Uh, today's topic will be hoverboards. So, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, I feel like the hoverboard shit got so fucking tainted uh, from early on because, like, the whole shit, it, it, the basically those stupid scooters, the two wheeled like fucking segways with no uh, handlebars, just kind of ruined things. <laughs> yeah, that I was so mad whenever, uh, for a brief moment when I. You know, got heard word that people had hoverboards. I was like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, my reality started sinking. I'm like, come on, man. There's really no, there's got to be an explanation for this. And then sure enough, it was, oh, they're not hoverboards. Okay. I was, yeah. There was a brief moment I was excited and then completely shattered once I realized what it was. Yeah. I know how it happened, too. It was like um, Back to the Future 2, when they went to the future, the, it was like 2000, was it 15? Yeah, Was the year that they went yep. to. Yeah. So people were all freaking out because they're like, oh, they had hoverboards in the movie. So like, where are the hoverboards in real life? And then uh, you had, then you started getting all these like fake hoax videos of like people using special effects to trick you into thinking they had real hoverboards. And then some asshole probably just had that like uh, shitty hoverboard scooter thing like in the works. It had like a brilliant marketing person that's like, well, hoverboards are trending right now. So if we just call it a hoverboard, we'll sell the shit out of these things. And they did. It looks like they sold quite a fucking few of them. There, there is one good thing about them was the, all the fail videos that uh, arose. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say all the fucking people eating shit or them catching on fire because they buy the ch- shitty Chinese knockoffs with. Uh, crap batteries in them. Yeah, the one thing you really want to get a cheap knockoff version is uh is a hoverboard. Yeah, that, good job. You get the cheap knockoff of like the controller for your PlayStation or Xbox or something, but not for not for like a a vehicle like that you're gonna stand on and. It, it, I mean, you got to realize that it's uh it's a little dangerous how it's designed. Yeah, but enough about um these shitty. Not hoverboards. Let's talk about, like, actual fucking hoverboards. I mean, what... Like, how far off the ground would it need uh, to be for you to be, like, satisfied? Because I feel like if you're just floating, like... uh, Like a hovercraft where it's, like, you're really just, like... Maybe, like, you know, an inch off of the ground. It's not that cool. But, like, if you got, like... I don't know, like three, four feet between you and the ground while you're zipping around on that shit. It'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, and bringing up Back to the Future too, that always kind of bugged me a little later when I thought about the hoverboard there. Like, oh, it seemed cool, and then I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, oh, it wasn't it wasn't that cool. I mean, that one must have been like a foot or two off the ground at most. The one he was he was rocking there, and he couldn't go across the water. We all remember that. And then. 
the Biff guy had the fucking the fancy Primo uh, hoverboard, but he's it still suck because you have to fucking crank it like a goddamn lawn old school lawnmower and everything like fucking jalopy. It just it didn't seem like the most satisfying hoverboard future. So I, I would say, yeah, oh, more more in the range of like three or four feet. I think you could start feeling like you're uh, you're doing some sort of a yeah something a little more close to an extreme sport. Uh, dare I say? Something that Triple X uh, Ice Cube would do. I just realized you you can't really go more than like six inches off the ground because those those fuck those fucking things don't propel themselves. You have to still push on the ground. Now who says that they don't? Why? It, it's the like if I wish it existed that way. That's how I want it. It's like magically, basically floating. You know, I don't, whether it's magic or some science I don't understand, doesn't matter to me. I just want to float around on that shit. You just you just step on it and you have like a uh, uh, fan backpack or like a really crappy or say you're like you got a jet pack and you're just too fat for it to uh, take you up in the air so you just get like a heavy duty hoverboard and use the jet pack to propel propel you around. Yeah, I mean you can use it in conjunction with jet packs. I I wouldn't recommend it. We're you know we're gonna get some high powered magnets, uh, you know, and that's how we're gonna achieve the. No, so you'll be like shooting people off. You're like a magnetized field uh, initiate, and then somebody stand on a hoverboard and that flings them up in the air. Yeah, I don't, no, you know, I I don't know the science of it. Who, I just want it to float in the sky. But yeah, I mean, practically, it, it seems like we're pretty far off of any kind of satisfying solution. Yeah, I mean, how the f- like I wonder too, like when people you see when people bomb hills on a skateboard. And they'll get like going too fast and get speed wobble and eat shit. Like that doesn't happen. You just you're just gonna keep picking up speed. But then how do you? You got no friction. So how do you slow down once you're going like fucking sixty miles an hour at the bottom of the hill, bro? You gotta carve some air, bro. Carve some air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just like. The nose just die once you hit flat. The nose just fucking dies into the concrete, and you just like face plant like <laughs> just horrendous. Yeah, it would it just like automatically become a new extreme sport right right out the gate. You know, hoverboarding. You'd have some assholes that would do like luge or like skeleton run on it. Like, come on, man! Like, do does this really do you really need to do this? I need less drag. I got to go faster. I'm going to drop out of a space shuttle in a hoverboard and land on a mountain. <laughs> yeah, it kind of would just like make all the other board sports like obsolete. You just like you don't need to take a surfboard in the ocean. You just fucking ride the waves on your hoverboard. Like fuck a fuck a snowboard. You just like take the hoverboard out there. There's all that like cultural divide between the old school people and the new school. Like uh, out there on their hoverboards again. I still, I still like the feel of the ground, you know, underneath. (laughs) (laughs) It would. I feel like it might be like a little more boring in the aspect of like you eliminate for like snowboarding and skateboarding. You eliminate like the ability to grind on shit because like the bottom of that hoverboard's like gotta be complex you're not just gonna fucking grind the circuitry on a fucking rail <laughs> or you do it just shuts down oh fuck yeah it's gonna be properly shielded i'm sure 
The, well, you can get the cheap one that doesn't have the grind rails, or you can get the step up, get the premium hoverboard as the you know the built-in grind rails. <laughs> Defeating the purpose of a fucking hoverboard while like grinding <laughs> with it, <laughs> not even hovering at all. <laughs> Damn, that grind was sick. You had to like fight against the gravity pull of the hoverboard to like make contact. That was pretty dope. Or like if they don't can't grind, but they're like hitting like uh 10 stairs and like different fucking shit like they would be skating in public places like they're not doing any property damage so security's just like hey you're making people uncomfortable just get it get out of here no hoverboarding around here you could still probably eat it pretty hard right like if the board would still be like liable to do the the thing whenever you like lana just shoots out from under you Right, if you don't have the balance, you'd st- but and you'd fall even further than you would before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it could be more dangerous. <laughs> like you're required to just wear like motorcycle helmets instead of just fucking the regular one. So you could be going really fast and fall much further uh, than on a regular board. You're like, oh yes, that's true. And that badass. It's gonna be in the next Triple X movie. I guarantee it. Oh, for sure. Can't wait. Starring Ja Rule as the new Triple X. Ja Rule's back, baby. They couldn't get Vin Diesel. Fucking, uh, speaking of Ja Rule, there's a music venue down the street from my house, and he's fucking played there with uh, Ashanti two times in the span that I've lived here. I fucking loved it. I'm just like, oh shit, we ought to go to the Ja concert. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great day and age that we can say that again, you know? I'm, I'll never forget, like, Dave Chappelle's, like, bit about, like, 9-11 and, like, TRL, and they're, like, getting Ja Rule on the phone. They're like, the fucking towers have been hit. Like, we got to know what Ja's opinion on this is. <laughs> yeah. What's Jewel got, ja, ja Rule got to say about this? All right. Um, let's move on to uh, our new segment. You want to uh, start this off for us? Hello. 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 Bad. 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 Music. So uh, this is hella bad music. Uh, <laughs> where it's gotta like, have that pause in there. Yeah, for fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as you probably can tell from the stinger, it's you know, music that sucks. You know, shitty <laughs> or you know shitty songs and just a segment for us to you know educate people a little bit about why this certain kind of music sucks or these songs suck um so we're going to kick it off this uh inaugural segment is going to be about reggaeton um so just uh just in case anybody's not familiar with it i got a little clip here uh so here listen to this real quick this is reggaeton and this is pretty much every song every reggaeton song so i didn't say stop i was hoping you would play some more of that beautiful music well the good news is is that every single reggaeton song sounds like that so there's a limitless supply of that sound um and uh, is it all spanish uh yeah yeah pretty pretty much um and uh it's it's also been around for a really long time uh i was surprised to learn that it was like 
Way back, way back. Like I thought it was somewhat recent when I was a little younger. I heard of reggaeton. And I'm like, oh, that that sounds awful. And, and sure enough, it was. Um, but I had thought that was like emerging at the time. But it's like way back in the '90s, way before I'd ever heard of it. Uh, is it like a fusion of reggae, or is it just something completely different with the fucking? You uh, tell me. You tell me. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like it does not sound like there's any element of reggae in there. Maybe a maybe a little bit of like drum, but that's about it. Well, it's reggaeton, so it's close enough. You know, it's in the name. It's got the tone of reggae, right? <laughs> Clearly. Uh, well, I mean, if you're gonna say that it has the it's similar to reggae and that reggae also sucks, then yeah, it, it's it's definitely like reggae in that regard um but yeah i i mean i did some a limited amount of research just because i was like i've heard a few reggaeton songs and they all sounded the same and they all suck so let me just make sure and check a few of these other songs and yeah sure enough they all did sound the same um and it was kind of like my moment of realization that wow there really is a shittier version of ranchero music it was a, I, I was surprised like it couldn't can it be any more annoying? I feel like it's uh it's like the most disruptive music I've I've ever heard outside of like, you know, obviously trying to be annoying music like uh you know, like noise noise bands or whatever they want to call themselves. Uh but yeah, in, in terms of something that people dance to and actually think is music, this is by far the most obnoxious form of it. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, yeah, you like it? <laughs> No. You seem to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Only in a sarcastic, obnoxious way. Yeah. The same way that uh, when you yell to somebody's... Uh, when you make irritating sounds to other people, it doesn't bother you. But uh, if you had to hear it back or somebody did it to you, it would fucking irritate the shit out of you. So are you trying to excuse like reggaeton artists for making this music because they're the ones putting it out there so it doesn't sound as bad to them. <laughs> it's just all of us have to deal with it. Yeah. They're like, they don't listen to their... I think like Kanye West is like the only person that listens to his own music and likes it. Yeah, maybe. I All I know is that I bet these reggaeton people do too. Yeah. I bet they do. I bet they're... You gotta be like all in on reggaeton, I feel like, to, to do this music. Um, I know that kind of goes without saying for people making music, you'd think, but I mean, it was, it, it just listen to it. It's so bad. It's just yeah. so, oh, man. <laughs> I only have one clip, by the way. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't have time to collect a lot more, but trust me, the rest would sound exactly the same. I saw like some uh, clips from like a music video for these songs, and it it's like clearly like all these music videos are shot like deep in like the heart of like uh rural mexico because they're like their idea of fancy is still driving like old fucking trucks and wearing like nine like 90s like classy where you just wear like a polo shirt and uh, baggy jeans and like a fucking chain yeah they're rich in spirit with the soul of reggaeton that's classic yeah it's so uh i will grant that at least uh it's not super popular, so you don't hear as much of it as Ranchero music, um, which is, I mean, by far the most pervasive music on the radio. It's everywhere. Um, so I will grant it that. 
one slight edge to reggaeton over ranchera but um yeah yeah i just wanted to make sure anyone that wasn't aware of it is aware of it and knows how bad it is (laughs) yeah right if you didn't know about it now you do and it sucks now you do Perfect. I was I'm so happy with that. Yeah, it almost sounds like you did it. Yeah. <laughs> gushing over it so much. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I, I don't think we can get it get any better than that. So uh, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Yahoo. Hey, everyone. It's me, your old pal Tim. Lately, I've been spending a lot of time at the bar of my local Outback Steakhouse after my taco chain... Tim's Takos collapsed due to the lack of customers. That's when I decided I was going to take all my debt and use it to open my own steakhouse in my backyard. I call it the Steakhouse Outback. We got some real good food on the menu. For appetizers, you can try our booming onion. It's booming with flavor. Or you can try the shrimp on the Barbie, each made with one of my daughter's Barbie dolls. She doesn't go around much since the divorce. For dinner, try our special, the kangaroo steak. It could be kangaroo meat. It could also be various other things that can loosely be defined as meat. We only got one thing to drink here at the steakhouse out back. It's a mixture of leftover tequila from my failed taco shop and frostbite beer. We call it Fasters, because it'll get you drunk faster than regular beer. Plus, it's probably Austrian for beer. So please, come on down to my house and use my side gate to join me at the Steakhouse out back. Are you sick of not being summoned to jury duty? Are you a foreign national living here on a visa or illegally? Good news, your days of being denied jury duty are over. Here at the Jury Duty Simulator Company, we believe it's every person's right to be able to serve on a simulated jury. If you can afford it, that is. Our service offers a huge growing library of over 100 cases that you can simulate with an approved Jury Duty Simulator VR headset. See website for details. JuryDutySimulator.com Our various subscription packages ensure you get access to the simulations you want. We offer cases as simple as generic traffic violations, all the way to provocative high-profile murder cases like the Scott Peterson trial. Sign up for our premium package to ensure access to the most popular case simulation, the O.J. Simpson murder case. Just make sure you get it right this time. He's guilty. Our simulations are so interactive that you may find yourself in a room full of 12 angry men. Our software engineers are working hard day and night to bring you our most exciting collection of jury duty simulations yet, the complete Law & Order package. Pre-order the subscription today to get early access to the first 10 seasons. Jury duty simulator is designed to be used for entertainment only. Our simulations and the verdicts determined within them are not real and do not have any bearing on past, current, or future cases that appear in U.S. courts. So what are you waiting for? A real jury duty notice? Sign up today! JuryDutySimulator.com Yahoo! Alright, and we're back from that exciting commercial break. Uh, Let's just roll right into our next segment.
Cats hella fancy. <laughs> Never gets old. I love it. Um, uh, so this week, uh, I, it's actually a little bit of a story I had with, um, and it's actually related to our, our man, Victor Vexelberg, who we remember as Vicky V. V dubs. The Fabergé egg master number one extraordinaire. Um, but yeah, there, uh, whenever I was, uh, doing, uh, research for Fabergé egg update. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, you want to plug your website now or wait till later? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, might as well do it now. Uh, Fabergé egg update.com. Uh, the official website of the Fabergé egg update. But anyways, uh, I was learning a little more about Victor Vexelberg. And uh, one interesting thing I was reading on, probably off his Wikipedia, I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but um, he actually, and this the reason I bring it up for Hella Fancy is because this is like the most fanciest of of things that you could do, like uh, in terms of the art world. So he, uh, he had bought a painting from Christie's um, called Odalisque. Uh, and, um, what ended up happening is he, had, he was disputing the authenticity of this, uh, painting, which, uh, uh, was claimed to have been a work of Boris Kudostiev. Um, I don't know if I'm butchering the pronunciation of that, but regardless, it is like a famous artist. I don't know that much about him specifically. I'm not cultured, but, uh, in either case, so he was disputing that he actually sued Christie's and I mean, how baller that first off is it? you sue the company, you sue the jewelry company you bought this like piece of fine art from. Uh, so what ended up happening is uh, he won the case and, and they turned out uh, that, or excuse me, it, it turned out they uh, determined that it wasn't authentic because the signature that was done on the um, painting was done in aluminum-based pigment, which uh, did not actually exist when that artist, uh, Boris Kutostiev, uh, was alive. So it was kind of an interesting uh, little story about him and, and just brought to mind to me, like, how fancy is that shit, you know? You're so rich. <laughs> You're so fancy that you sue the company and win over a painting you spent way too much money for in the first place. Do you know how much he bought the painting for and how much he sued them for? No, I don't have of that stuff uh, on hand. How fucking baller would that be if uh, he sued them for more than the cost of the painting so he just made money off of them? Yeah, I mean, that would be about as uh, good as it gets. I mean, it makes sense at the very least he, sued, he just sued them to get his money back and then he just ended up with a fucking free painting. And like... Also, if the only fucking way to distinguish that this is a counterfeit was the fucking ink used was not, um, like, of the time, otherwise it's a perfect replica. So, like, does it really matter? Are you, like, that's, that's just fucking absurd. Like, that's how rich people work. It's not, like, it's not the art of it. It's the status symbol of, like, who made it. It's, like, it's not about having a fucking ferrari it's about having a ferrari made by enzo ferrari like fucking stupid well i what i think it's baller about and uh, i looked up real quick it was 2.7 million by the way so the the lawsuit was to reimburse him for the amount paid um 
So he didn't, he didn't make money on it, but I'm guessing he did, he got a picture out of it, you know. But uh, but 2.7 million. Yeah. They tried to just be like tough titties, bitch. You bought it uh, <laughs> later. Not our problem. Well, how baller is it that he he had like the he's such a rich baller that he has like a team of art experts that are gonna like analyze whatever he buys. He's like, oh, you know, I spent well over two and a half million, so I guess uh, it's worthwhile to like spend a little bit more to have people like investigate the painting. I would never, if I was rich, I'd never thought to do that. I'd have been like, oh, look, I got this fancy painting that was done by this guy. And you know what? If if nobody ever proves that it's not, then you could just have that suspension of disbelief that it really is, right? Uh, it was. It's just a weird. Uh, I don't know. Is that you think that's like a standard thing for fine art, like in rich people that they always have like so they got like their guy that does uh, the art investigation for them. Yeah, I would imagine like you got like curators that like find your stuff. It's like a big thing. Well, I mean, after he gets it, like this is after he bought it, you know, they, he sues him. You think that he's got like his, he's got like the professor or something. He's like, oh yeah, it's called the professor. He's real good. And he like comes in. He's like, oh, let me tell you this one right here. I can tell you already. It's a fake. You should get that lawsuit going now. You know, I, it's. I wonder if he's like, if uh vicky v is balling enough to like have somebody like a genital washer like fucking uh eddie murphy and coming to america like he's just that rich the royal penis is clean your highness yeah it's pretty fancy too i mean that's definitely within the category of ella fancy and i'm pretty sure he is that rich because he's got like just having more than one fabergé egg pretty much guarantees that you're that rich so he's got several um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was a fun story and it gave me a little insight to the world of rich people and, 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 uh, classic art or I don't know, whatever you call it. I guess it wasn't that classic. It was like supposed to be done in the 19, uh, 1910s, 1919 or something. Bottom line, Vicky V is ball, balling as fuck. He's about the fanciest guy I could think of. He's the fanciest guy I know. Tell you what? Well, I tell you that Vicky Victor B, you fancy as hell. You got them there eggs. You got that fancy there Christmas painting. He even sued him. I heard. I heard that on the Hell Red tenth episode's real good. Those boys are doing God's work with that show. We are doing God's work, aren't we? Yeah. You know who else is doing God's work? Uh, Kevin Klein. Hey, uh, yeah, Wild Wild West, baby. Yeah, that was. You mean Wiki Wiki Wild Wild Wiki, West? Wiki, wow. Real, real fast before you get into the next segment, though, I do want to tell my quick little um, uh, realization story of Wild Wild West, and it was when I was younger. Uh, it came out around the time when I was young enough to get excited about like a new movie coming out. I was coming off the back of Men in Black, and I was all jazzed up about Will Smith, and Wild Wild West is coming out. I couldn't have been more excited that it was coming out. I couldn't have been happier uh, to be able to go see it in theaters. They had a song and everything, and I'm like, dude, this is going to be so awesome. Turns out, as we all come to know now, I mean, it's common knowledge now, it was one of the worst movies ever. And uh, I, I remember that was one of the first times in the theater when I was old enough to start having that realization, like, wow, this movie really does suck. And I'm like, not all movies are are fun or entertaining. I'm like, oh, this is this is like a... Like, you kind of finding out Santa Claus isn't real, you know? It was a really, uh, 
and Kevin Klein's, you know, directly associated with that moment in my life. So I just wanted to mention that uh, before you get into it. Uh, it was crazy, though, that like Will Smith did a music video for Men in Black and a music video for Wild Wild West. Yeah, he was on a roll. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Who? What? Where? When? Why? And, and Howie Mandel. Mandel. All right, so I have no. It's been a while, so I have no idea what the score is and who won last. So how about you go first? <laughs> yes, uh, sounds good to me. Um, so mind, let's get just get to it. Uh, Kevin Klein, uh, you know, from Wild Wild West, could also be arguably best known for his 1997 movie In and Out, which also stars Tom Selleck. We all love Tom Selleck. Uh. Tom Selleck. Stars in the 1987 movie Three Men and a Baby with co-star Ted Danson. We all know and love Ted Danson. Now, Ted Danson and Howie Mandel co-star in the 1986 movie A Fine Mess. And there we go. Not a bad one. That's star power. That's uh, that's some heavy weights right there. I'll tell you what, Tom Selleck to Ted Danson connection... Oh, man, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, that's a little better than mine. We're not supposed to concede defeat. (laughs) I'm praying that one day we'll stumble upon, like, a fucking direct connection with people. Like, it's always, like, two and three times removed. It's going to be hard with Howie Mandel (laughs) unless we just pick somebody straight off of his IMDb page. Yeah, I I did... This whole process this time did make me stumble upon... uh, the Howie Mandel of the voice acting world, which I'll get into after I finish. But um, isn't that Howie Mandel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Uh, um, so so Kevin Klein, uh, aside from being in um, Wild Wild West was in a movie called uh, The Last Robin Hood uh, where he plays... Uh, fuck. What was his name? Give me one second. By the way, that sounds like such an awful movie. Like, Robin Hood's already so shitty. It's like the la- trying to make it dramatic with The Last Robin Hood. I'm like, this sounds like a joyous movie. We finally get to the end of this. I never want to see another Robin Hood movie ever again. I have a feeling that I'm going to see another one. It's kind of sad. So sorry, I forgot the name of the... uh, The Last Robin Hood is actually about um, Errol Flynn, who is an actor from the early uh, 20th century, would that be? 19... He was like 1906 to like 19, like 50 or 60. Don't talk to me like I don't know that. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I have fucking no idea. Yeah. I have. I didn't fucking know who Errol Flynn was. Yeah. So it was like a. It was like a biography about Errol Flynn and like his his like towards the later end of his life and uh, his love interest. I think it was his love interest or just some uh, actress that he took a liking to was played by uh, Dakota Fanning. It's like, I always think of her as a child, but she's like a grown-ass adult now. Yeah, when was this? What was this, uh, Last Robin Hood? 2013. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think it was uh, 2000. What, so you're telling me there was no bow and arrow in this fucking movie at all? Nope. 
No. Oh, and the reason it was called The Last Robin Hood was because Errol Flynn was known for playing uh, Robin Hood uh, during his heyday. Ugh. Could you have any worse of a heyday than being known for playing fucking Robin Hood? Like, could that be any worse? I have these fucking obscure-ass movies, so I'm, like, having a hard time remembering what the fucking name of the uh, movie she was in. Yeah, I win. Yeah, you do. We're just gonna go silent for a second and pretend this this whole fucking thing didn't happen while I look up the title. We're going to go dark with the red team. Hit up McAf- McAfee real quick. See if we can get it, get him to swap our electronics with the blue team real fast. Oh, now I remember. Um, so Dakota Fanning was in uh, this fucking shitty ass movie uh, version of Hansel and Gretel from 2002. Um, and the fabled character, the Sandman in that movie was played by, was voice acted by none other than Howie Mandel. Gotcha. I, I, I gotta tell you, like, the, the subject matter of the movies connecting it really bugs me, too. Like, Rob, like I know it's not really Robin Hood, but it still bugs me that it says the last Robin Hood in it, because I, I hate Robin Hood. And Hansel and Gretel is the other thing you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are like some of the worst stories of all time from my childhood, like that I've ever heard. So I'm triggered. Uh, um, that's a, that's a pretty close connection. Uh, yeah. But I I feel like I got the star power. I get the points for the star power. Like this, I know Dakota Fanning. She's no lightweight, but uh, you know, I'll give it to you. Uh, but uh, through the process of looking up um, fucking movies that uh. Kevin Klein was in because I fucking only know this guy from Wild Wild West. Um, I stumbled upon um, Bob Bergen again, who is the guy was a connect was like the mid connection for when we did um, John Travolta last time, because Bob Bergen was in uh, this movie Dave with Kevin Klein as like an uncredited like voice actor. Uh, But the fucking crazy thing was I'm like, so I look at this guy's fucking IMDB and he's in, he's like almost never credited like for anything. He's just like a random voice that they use for fucking a lot of uh, like animated shows. And he's got like everything. I couldn't fucking believe it. And then what really blew my mind for any Bob's Burgers fans out there, uh, Bob Bergen is the voice of Mr. Fishoder, the land, the land, or the landlord for the wharf, uh, that, you know, where Bob's restaurant is. So, fascinating. He's like the guy. Whenever the studio's like, "Hey, listen, we got to get an uncredited voice actor up in this bitch," and they're like, oh, "I know just the guy, Bob Bergen. Let's give him a fucking call." Yeah, we need animated janitor number three. Uh, who are we gonna get the voice act this? I remember that John Travolta one was was pretty rough. Yeah, this is a little easier. Yeah. Uh, it just came. It yeah. was fortuitous that it. Uh, who'd have known? You know, Kevin Klein probably been in far less movies than John Travolta, but uh, easier connection to Howie Mandel. You know. Well, we're slowly becoming, uh, as well as being experts on Fabergé eggs, we're slowly becoming experts on Howie Mandel's career. So, I assume this is just gonna get easier uh, with time, unless we keep picking 
the most obscure fucking uh, actors uh, possible. But I like the challenge. Yeah, I think we're... Uh... Kevin Klein was great. It really brought back a lot of awful memories, and uh, I'm glad that we did it. You know, I'm after you talking about the uh, Victor Vecklesberg, I'm kind of going through some Fabergé egg uh, withdrawals. I think I need my fix. Don't worry, buddy. I got you. What up, everybody? It's a Fabergé egg update. Which how, now has, an, uh, it, as you heard earlier, official website. I know some people just skip straight to this section, so I'm just going to mention it again. Uh, FabergéEggUpdate.com. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, hey, Fabergé Egg Update. And uh, just to recap everybody, of the possible 50 jeweled imperial Fabergé eggs, only 43 are still known to exist. With um, Actually, I wanted to go in a little further about this last egg that was discovered. Um it's a little more of an interesting story than I had originally anticipated and kind of dug a little deeper into it. So let's go through it. Uh, the last Fabergé egg was uh, the third Imperial Easter egg, or the last one to be discovered, that is. And um, it was, I would, let me, I'm going to say this from now on, publicly discovered in 2014. So we all know it was at like a, a flea market of sorts and whatnot, and they kind of brushed over those details. But it turns out it's a little more interesting than I gave it credit for. So it's actually this guy had bought it from, uh, well, effectively a flea market, but basically like a swap meet kind of place. And he, uh, well, he or she, it's pretty vague. Like they don't give a lot of details about their people that they trail this back through. Um, but he or she basically bought it because he was going to, uh, smelter it down and just sell it for the value of whatever it's made of. And the reason it, he or she didn't proceed forward with that is uh the uh, nobody the, all the quotes were like it's not even gonna get that back like the value of the materials it was made from so he's like well i'll just keep it for now uh didn't really do much with it i guess for a few years but um the first kind of like timeline that really comes into play on this story is 2012 is when the this american owner uh had actually started to investigate the egg and um, basically was looking at like some any indication of what it might be from the other parts of the egg. So it like does a Google search and there's a story on this British publication that mentioned it's like talking about this missing Fabergé egg. Um, so basically that kind of sparked the whole uh, trail of events of uh, this jeweler coming out uh, and checking out the egg in America and uh, and basically facilitating what became the public discovery and, and it essentially the sale of the egg in 2014. So that's why 2014 is kind of that specific date. Um, but really, it had been effectively discovered as a Fabergé egg a little closer to 2012. And then that whole process of... Uh, the buyer like authentication getting a buyer and all that going through was was kind of finalized in 2014 um and the estimated sale price of this egg was 33 million dollars it's pretty crazy wow. <laughs> 33 million um so yeah that all being said uh i digress uh my question that i pose on the fabergé egg update is uh if any more will be found i gotta tell you i hope so with a story like that I want to be that next person. I mean, it's no, it's no secret that I want to be the 
person that finds the next Fabergé egg. But uh, I still speculate the next one's going to be the Royal Danish egg um, that was made in 1903. That's uh, still my guess. Uh, and um, yeah, since our last update, as you can probably guess by now, that none have been found. Uh, so we're still waiting on uh, still waiting on that next one. I have a question for you. Yes. What do you think happens if somebody collects all the Fabergé eggs in one location, including all the prizes that have been, gone missing from inside said Fabergé eggs? So the complete collection of Imperial Fabergé eggs? Yes. Including missing treasures. Wow. Now that's quite the task. Uh, I'm not going to you know, sit here and speculate as to what I think would happen. You know, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I understand the power and the, you know, the imbued mysticism of the Fabergé eggs. Uh, I, but I, what I can tell you is that it's definitely not nothing. There ain't nothing that happens when you do that. <laughs> I like that answer. I like that answer. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's face it. They're they're pretty special Fabergé eggs. Um, and, uh, you know, nobody knows better than fancy boy Victor Vexelberg. Yeah, okay. Tell you what. Vicky V. But um I do I do have a check the website frequently, uh FabergéEggUpdate.com. That will be the fastest way to find out if a new egg is found. Um because I'll update it there right away and then obviously it'll be on the next podcast uh if it happens, I'll you know, update you then. Uh but I would highly suggest bookmarking FabergéEggUpdate.com just to just to be sure. I think it's safe to say we're the uh, we're the number one podcast for up to date current information about Fabergé eggs. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah, I would I would even go as far to say that we're the authority on imperial Fabergé eggs uh, in this day and age. I, I can't think of anything that any kind of podcast or publication even gets close to uh, to the kind of hard hitting knowledge and journalism that w- that we do here on Fabergé eggs. I would agree. That didn't even make sense what I just said, but uh well, people are probably used to that by now listening to 10 episodes that, you know, the stuff that comes out of our mouths doesn't always make sense. Hey, not everything has to be coherent, man. Sometimes people just zone out while they're listening. Hopefully it's funny enough. Uh But um yeah, that's the end of the Fabergé egg update for uh, episode 10 and um yeah, I don't, I don't, do you have anything else you want to you want to say on this monumentous occasion, Andrew? Nope, just happy we got to fucking 10 episodes. So, uh that's pretty awesome. Play us out, keyboard cat. So, you know, stick with us everybody. If you've been with us for 10, it's highly likely that you'll be with us for 11. And I uh, appreciate that. Um I'm talking to you, Patrick. Uh and the other <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the only person I know that actually listens to every single one. Um, I was kidding. Just kidding. But anyways, you can, uh, if you do ever want to reach out to us, um, we're on all the social media. Uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash hellarad. And Twitter, it's at it's hellarad. And um, fabergéegupdate.com now is a great resource. All of our links are on there as well. <laughs> um, and uh, I will be setting up a GoFundMe page to fund an expedition to search for a new Fabergé egg. Um, So yeah, thank you everybody for 10 great episodes and uh, hope you enjoyed it. Yabu!
<laughs> he said it didn't, that one. What well, that one must have been like. Where are the hoverboards in real life? 